like you do Them bad girls show no shame, but they keep it true I f*** with you, you damn right, the things you do Good girls wanna be you, and you wanna be on the following radio program by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners are solely the opinions of the original source who expresses them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Old Soul Radio or its affiliates. Ramona Park, we beef with everybody, light or dark, I spark, don't f*** with narc, so don't be talking about me, my big homie, they me get him, cause if I got him, I'ma get him, I ain't playing with him, I'm from the bottom, that's the top of the town, we on the border, so they click enough and knocking us down, my f*** something I learned from Jeff, so I ain't turning it down, get the bus and know you bluffing, if that f*** can't make me rich, then ain't no need of f- 
with her. Turn around and beat the system. Heard that got EBT. Long Beach ain't like me since Tracy D and DPG. I went and got a on the day they murdered Baby D. I'm in that biz with Lil Boy, so Lil Boy don't play with me. Huh. I'm riding Sykes to Hoover Street. My knuckles full of teeth. Try to creep on me, you're dying in your homie seat Keeping my shit in reach, filet of beef Clip reach from big side to north of beach In a stolen expedition In your hood can shoot a mission Been a mathematician Low nine, subtracting eight I'm keeping one for just in case No cover face, but I ain't tripping What's lace? No, I'm round away, so ain't no liquor stores today That this was overnight. Me and Vince were cracking like, been in the afterlife. Hello and welcome to Pass the Sticks on Oso Radio. I'm your host Fonz, and uh, well, so welcome back. Um, it's been a, I guess we took a little break. Uh, summertime was pretty rough out here in the uh, world of sports. Uh, actually, this is going to be a solo show today, so you know what that means. Uh, more music. So um, also, we're going to have a. Hopefully, you guys can call in, and you can give us a call at three one three seven two nine thirty two fifty eight. As I have just a few topics that maybe uh, that can spark some interest for for the masses. Um, one of the first topics we'll probably talk about very soon will be the uh, Michael Jordan open letter in response to uh, the recent killings and shootings of African Americans and of the uh, police. And I'll have a interesting take on that. And I also raised the question, and you guys can call in throughout the day. Is it an athlete's responsibility to have a social uh, aspect to the community? Is it their duty, pretty much? to raise awareness to things like this. And uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like that they should just go ahead and be athletes and be, you know, be who they want to be? And, uh, or should they just stick to sports? I know a lot of people love saying that, just uh, stick to sports. And do you feel like, um, yeah, do you feel like that they should go ahead and step up and say something? Like uh, recently we have uh, Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul and LeBron and Dwayne Wade has. And then you have athletes of the past of the 70s. So you have like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali all really take very hard stances and even jeopardizing some of their careers and their primes to do so. But yeah, um, it's been a very good weekend here in Detroit, though. It's been uh, very warm. I saw y'all, y'all was out there having a good time last night. Like, went to a, went to a nice little shindig, I guess I'll call it. And uh, folks was wild now, man. It was, it was a good time. But um, yeah, today is a, pretty much a good old recovery day. And uh, no better way to recover than to come on back on in and talk some sports, and which is what uh, something that I do love. And also, we could talk about some uh, video game stuff. Actually, my most recent uh, completions of games in the recent weeks in this very, very slow summer. 
So, um, Michael Jordan, as we all know, he's the greatest of all time. The, pretty much his voice, is it? Is it hard to say, or is it fair to say that he still has the biggest voice in sports today? Like, out of all the athletes, even, like, the current athletes? Like, you go, like, what, Mike, uh, maybe Kobe Bryant, maybe LeBron James? Uh, are there any football players? I'm actually going to raise this question in regards to other athletes, actually. And should they be stepping up? But uh, are there any football players that's out there that's that big that can uh, make statements like that. I know we had like the St. Louis Rams last year uh, made their statement and oh boy that was during the whole Ferguson thing going on man that was not that was not a good look down there I mean it was a good look for the players like that was I I was very proud and very happy as to what they did but uh, how the community and how the public tend to take things when athletes even do so as speak is very very odd to me so yeah, Michael Jordan is the, uh, the GOAT, and he recently made a, uh, or wrote an open letter on the undefeated.com. Um, I would recommend anybody, if you are just into like sports, pop culture, uh, just really anything in the matters like that, check out the undefeated. It's really targeted for like uh, minority writers. So like a lot of minority writers get a chance to write something on the ESPN platform. And, like, recently they did, like, last week, because of it was a, I want to say it was the anniversary for Purple Rain. They actually proved the story that Charlie Murphy did on the Dave Chappelle show. They proved that right by having one of his uh, Prince's, like, uh, songwriters there with him. And they did an interview with him. Proved everything right. Called him a, uh, a miniature, an even smaller version of Steph Curry from back there. But, yeah, that's the undefeated. So, um, Michael Jordan, he uh, spoke about this, and I'll go ahead and read some of the uh, excerpts, and I'll give some of my uh, takes and opinions on it as it goes on, as I keep reading. So, it starts, as a proud American, a father who lost his own dad in a senseless act of violence, and a black man, I have been deeply troubled by the deaths of African Americans at the hands of law enforcement, and angered by the cowardly and hateful targeted and targeting and killing of police officers. I grieve with the families who have lost loved ones as I know their pain all too well. And I don't want to say I had a problem with it off the jump, but I, it, it raised a few, uh, it raised an eyebrow too for me. Um, mainly it was that he said he was American. I mean, and he listed himself as a black man third out of everything. I was a little curious about that. And um, the cowardly and hateful targeting and killing of police officers and how that's in the same sentence of the uh, trouble by the deaths of African-Americans in that quote. So my main issue is that it's um, with Michael Jordan is that it's cowardly and hateful when uh, when the, I guess, the police enforcement are being, this is also wrongfully killed. This is, uh, you know, I'm not really, you know, down for like, you know, shoot the cops or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I did think that those like those police killings were wrongful deaths, and as I feel like with the uh, deaths of was uh, Alton Sterling, I think situations like that are very, very wrong. But um, the thing is that there's no equivalent exchange, as in like we're not treating the other one the same as the uh, police killing. When it's uh, police being killed, it's a cowardly move. It's a uh, targeting. 
when a black man is killed by police, we, I mean, we shed a tear. I mean, we we do the uh, the whole rinse and repeat cycle that we have to do. But it's not seated or cited as anything that's cowardly. It's not being targeted. We're not, for some reason, no one still believes that we're being targeted. Or it's hard. It's still hard for people to believe that we're being targeted. And when you have people that say things like this in. Uh, I know Stephen A. Smith has said things like this a couple times, and Charles Barkley really goes off on uh, how we're not really being targeted because uh, in some cases we deserve to be profiled. But, um, yeah, I just sometimes feel like um, that we are we are definitely being targeted by uh, the police, um, not even just for, even if we're doing nothing. And they would just want to ask for your ID. That's that'd be a target right there, because they always want to feel like they want to catch you messing up. They want to uh, catch you, uh, you know. They want you to pretty much say too much about yourself before uh, before they get you to say anything. Pretty much. Um, it was like what's that show, uh, First Forty Eight, when he gets some of those people and uh, they they sit them down for a few time uh, for a few hours maybe, and after a while they just like go ahead and talk. They say everything, but. Um, Going back to the uh, Michael Jordan thing, is uh, he quotes here when he actually makes a support because he actually is gonna he gives money. So uh, to support that effort, I'm making contributions of one million dollars to two organizations: the International Association of Chiefs of Police, newly established institution for community police relations. That's a mouthful, and the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, which is pretty much uh, leading the charge in uh, police reform. Uh, the Institute for Community Police Relations Policy and Oversight work is focused on building trust and promoting best practices in community policing. And my donation to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the nation's oldest civil rights organization, will support its ongoing work in support of reforms that will build trust and respect between communities and law enforcement. Although I know these contributions alone are not enough to solve the problem, I hope the resources will help both organizations make a positive difference. And I actually have no problem with that. Um, I don't really see uh, too much of an issue with him giving money to the uh, NAACP at all. Um, sort of concerned about the uh, International Association of uh, Chief Police. I'm assuming he's doing this just to make sure he can uh, also save face because he is in North Carolina. You know, he does own the uh, Charlotte Hornets. I'm about to call him the Bobcats. He does own the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And um, I know they just recently uh, lost the uh, All-Star game down there. And actually trying to figure out where it's going to go. I'm pretty sure it ended up in New Orleans because New Orleans is always down to uh, do anything last minute. And I'm just curious if Michael Jordan was doing that to save face because I'm pretty sure that uh, one of his, I'm pretty sure one of his PR people had to make sure because he lives in a uh, conservative state uh, or more or less to save uh, we can really tell that from the uh, bathroom bill going. But um, I think he did that to make sure he didn't ruffle any feathers with his uh, fans um, of, of other races and other, uh, let's say, political affiliations. So the issue is that uh, Michael Jordan is going to go into this same category as what I appreciate what he's doing in his heartfelt, I guess, uh, gesture in the same matter of like, Mello, uh, Bron, Wade, and Chris Paul. While it is all a really good thing to do, I'm curious to know. Uh, I guess one thing I'm 
I'm always doing is questioning like how genuine people are when they do things. So I'm, I'm just wondering, are they willing to go down the road of which like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or as I said, Jim Brown or like Muhammad Ali gave up two years of his prime to make sure he took a stance on something. Are the athletes of today willing to do that? And I can't question them and say whether I think they will or won't because I don't want to question a man's integrity or anything like that. But I just always want to know how genuine this is or are they just um, doing this for PR reasons? I And it sounds a little negative to say that or a little cynical, but I sometimes feel like people do things for PR reasons. Therefore, they can stay, uh, you know, good with their fans. And, you know, the NBA is a mostly black. uh, Most of the NBA players there are are black and a lot of the fans are black. So I want to know if they want to make sure they uh, keep those fans, you know, happy. And it's. Cynical is a little dark, but um, I just always have to raise the question sometimes uh, as to whether or not this is very, very uh, genuine from them. And let's see. Yeah. And then to wrap up Michael Jordan's uh, letter, just taking random excerpts. uh, We are privileged to live in the world's greatest country, a country that has provided my family and me the greatest of opportunities. The problems we face didn't happen overnight and they won't be solved tomorrow. But if we all work together, we can foster greater understanding positive change and create a more peaceful world for ourselves our children our families and our communities and that's yeah that's cute i appreciated the way he he ended that i thought that was all just fine um the number one thing i thought of when i uh i had like retweeted the story when it came up like monday wow it felt like it's been like two weeks or something but it's only been monday um, when it came up six days ago was wow it's gotten so bad that Michael Jordan actually says something like if people don't know anything about MJ MJ don't really get down with the black folks too much or at least it's been reported and uh, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of the chameleon air uh, story where uh, Michael Jordan says he don't take pictures with n-words uh, yeah and, you know, because Comedian there stepped up to him and said, like, yo, man, I'm a huge fan of yours, man. I got your J's. I got, all, I got like, all your videotapes, all this from back in the day. And Michael Jordan was like, cool, uh, I'm going to take pictures with N-Words. See ya. And uh, Michael Jordan has been famously known to say the uh, other term or the other sentence, uh, Republicans buy shoes, too. Um, and he's kind of been silent on most of, if not all, uh, things that are going on in the black community, whether we... Uh, just need someone to help stand with us. And Michael Jordan, ever since what? As long as we can remember, ain't been there. So that's when I want to raise the question to people. Is it an athlete's job uh, to socially be a part of like the movement? Is it their job? And I want to raise another question. Because uh, I touched on this real briefly regarding the football players. Um, I guess the biggest name in football would be what? Tom Brady or uh, Peyton Manning? I think it's probably still Peyton Manning. Uh, probably one of these wide receivers, maybe Odell Beckham. I don't think he has like that big of a following yet. I know he's bursting with uh, personality and people really like him, but I don't know if he has like that, that Tom Brady or Peyton Manning cash yet. But I say this to say, why can't we pressure one of them to say anything? Um... It's not the fact that it's our, 
or that they should say or that we want them to say something. It's the fact that they should say something. It's because it's it's not just the killing of black people. It's also the killing of their fellow man. Uh, unrightful killing of their fellow man. So if they want to look at that whole like uh, hashtag all lives matter BS, that's fine. But uh, if you're going to be like hashtag all lives matter, you better include the black ones too. So let me know when uh, when Peyton Manning and Tom Brady can also say something because he's Tom is also as much as I'm a fan of his, he ain't afraid to wear the uh, the Make America Great hat again for his uh, good friend Donald Trump. Uh, he hasn't openly endorsed him, but I think wearing a hat out in public is a good way to endorse him, brother. Uh, yeah, so why can't we get like uh, Peyton Manning to say something? He'll uh, you put a million dollars in front of him, he'll say he'll tell you anything. He, um, I don't know if you remember when he won that Super Bowl this year. He said that uh, he's gonna go home and uh, eat a Papa John's pizza and, and just enjoy some Budweiser with his kid or his family. And I was like, brother, you—that does not sound like a fun night at all. Because anything involving just regular Budweiser—that's that, not—that's not—that's not the bee's knees, man. But yeah, you put money in front of Peyton Manning, he'll do some talking. And I'm not saying we should pay these people to talk or to give a a, a comment on things like this, but. You're trying to figure out and wonder when or where is the line for them to actually say something. What? Why can't our white players say something? That's all I'm asking for. Why can't they say something too? And I'm pretty sure there's, uh, there's players in the NBA or there's probably players in the NFL that are saying something or they want to raise awareness. But why aren't they? Why aren't the, the big name ones uh, risking their neck? Pretty much. Or uh, putting it out there that, um, you know, black lives do indeed matter. Or, like, these killings are wrong. And I also want to raise the question to college football coaches. Because the players, they'll be, you know, I don't want to put any more pressure on uh, college football players than they already got to deal with. Uh, anytime you're playing uh, football that caliber for free, yeah, I, I ain't about to ask you to do too much more. So when the University of Missouri players went on strike, that was a that was a move uh, above and beyond like the Call of Duty right there. But the uh, yeah, the football coaches, y'all can say something too. Like y'all go out and recruit these players. Y'all go to their neighborhoods and go recruit them. Uh, I'm pretty sure Jim Harbaugh ain't afraid to go to any part of Detroit to go recruit him a, a five-star player or go down south to Miami. Well, yeah, they're mainly going down south these days. But I'm pretty sure they're not afraid to go to New Orleans uh, or Miami to go, or at least go send a recruiter to go get a player. That's a five-star. That could potentially change the way their uh, the football team looks and get them millions and millions of dollars because these college football coaches get millions and millions of dollars for what their players are doing. And... Why can't they? Uh, why can't they be held responsible as well? Because they're supposed to be uh, teaching these players how to become men, correct? That's how they. Uh, that's how they recruit them. That's how they convince these parents that we can help them become better men. But it seems like uh, some of these men that are uh, willing to go about doing this are doing it all on their own. And I think they've learned some things that uh, some of these players, or some of these coaches, and some of these other people in higher places that aren't saying anything, they learn some things very, like, some very valuable things at a young age. And, I mean, you know, if you're under 30 and you're already trying to make these social uh, social moves, I I applaud you 100% of the time because that's a very 
uh, noble thing to do. And so uh, I'll once again raise the question. If you want to give a call, you can call us at 313-729-3258. Do you feel like players, black or white, have a social uh, duty to uh, give commentary on the recent killings of African-Americans and uh, the situation that we're kind of going through right now and, or the situation of the state of America at the moment. Uh, once again, that's 313-729-3258. And we're going to take our, uh, I guess, probably one of our one or two or three breaks going on today. And we'll be right back on Pass the Sticks on Oso Radio. Keeping it cool. We keeping it. Wait. I just. 
on Oso Radio. I'm your host, Fonz, here. And uh, if you want, guys want to call in, you can call in at 313-729-3258. And you can answer the question or give a comment on should athletes, do athletes have the responsibility to have any uh, social commentary, um, black or white? Don't just limit it to just uh, us. You can ask uh, other people for some help, too, sometimes. So, um, yes, yeah, so before we or after, you know, after break, um, I figured I was thinking what, at what point I was uh, just throwing out the schedule from in my head because uh, football season is actually coming up, and if I'm correct, we're having uh, preseason football in less than a, in about a week. And I wonder, am I the football fan that watches preseason football? If you don't know what preseason football is, it's not call it not going to say or give you a straight up definition. Here's the other side of preseason football. It's players fighting for jobs. It's those uh, third stringers, fourth stringers that's trying to get the, get on that 53-man roster. And uh, a lot of them are playing for their jobs. And I'm trying to figure out, do I want to watch a bunch of people play for them jobs, play for those jobs? And the answer is no. Um, I might uh, catch the third game of the preseason. That's always the uh, game where they throw out the starters and they play the most minutes, usually maybe a half. And, yeah, they usually play, uh, throw out the starters. If you guys don't know, I am a uh, native Detroiter, so I, I've i had the choice and the chance to give up on being a Lions fan, but I just can't quit it. It's like a, a really bad drug and with very, very few highs. Only lows, really. Uh, or more lows than highs, from what I can remember. Um, yeah, especially last year, man. The between the Hail Mary, the uh, the game in Seattle where uh, Calvin Johnson caught the ball in, but uh, what's my man's uh, the linebacker on the, uh, the Seahawks popped the ball out, thus causing a fumble. Yeah, there's that game. Uh, let's see, there's Dallas from the playoffs just two years ago. Uh, had a heartbroken there. Um, I'll say it again: the the Packers Hail Mary game. That's that is still a heartbreaking experience if I've ever experienced one. Um, even more than probably, that's about as bad as you can get. Next to being broken up on is a Hail Mary pass working against your team. And when, when you have Calvin Johnson too on your team, you didn't throw him down there to, uh, to, to defend the end zone because he was probably the biggest player down there. But I'm not a coach. And so um, uh, we do... I do question my Lions fandom because um, I was I actually rooted for the Lions going 0 16 when at the point when they were uh, 0 and 10 and I think I went to I think it was the ninth game of the year and I saw them go against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and I thought okay cool this is, this should be the game we should win this is also my first Lions experience and uh, first time going to a Lions game live 
uh, I saw us lose to David Garrard and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, that was that was that was heartbreaking. Or not really heartbreaking. It's just it's just tough to watch. It's like uh, watching your son always uh, break in 21 when he gets to shoot the uh, free throws, even though you give him all of the advice and he's sitting there on 19 or really sitting there on a uh, yeah. Or he's sitting there on 20, actually. Let's put that, put it like that. He's sitting there on 20. He has to keep on going back to uh, 16 because he keep on missing that free throw. And you you want to give him the game and you want to root for him to win, but he just can't put it away. And uh, yeah, that entire season, I thought uh, we had John Kenna as a quarterback and Dante Culpepper came back. And then there was uh, Dan Orlovsky walking out into the end zone. Yeah. Yeah, being a Lions fan is, is a very fun experience because uh, there's my family. We have the uh, the the official football club of the Detroit Lions. It's actually uh, trademark and registered, so y'all can't touch that. And uh, we get together every week, or usually every home game for the Lions, and we try to you know, we, or every away game, and we watch the Lions, right? And you know, there's you know, you have the. Uh, the 40 to 60 year old black men there so you you get a whole lot of fun going on you get people messing up names or as we call it tanking uh football players uh names um, getting all types of memories uh jumbled and mixed up all these players on the wrong team like hey now no, didn't uh, andre johnson used to play on the on the vikings it's like nah man he only played on uh on the texans and well now he's playing on the Titans, but and the colts but, yeah, you get a lot of people uh, tanking that every once in a while. But um, the thing that I guess that I enjoy more, the most about football season, basically what I want, want to do this segment is talk about my, uh, I guess my longing for football season to come back. Man, I miss uh, having something to watch Sunday afternoons. There's nothing to watch or do really on Sunday afternoons. Or you, you could also uh, always listen to us here at uh, Pat Sticks on Also Radio at 5 o'clock. Uh, probably during the uh, football season, we'll probably go to 4.30. Um, yeah, but the, the Lions football season, it should be a very interesting experience because we won't have our our big wide receiver, Calvin Johnson, is no longer with us, if you all didn't know that. And uh, I don't really trust Matthew Stafford as the most accurate quarterback ever because I feel like uh, as much as I am a fan of his because he's a gunslinger, I love my uh, my 50-50 people. That's that's a good gamble right there. And yeah, as much as I enjoy watching him play, like he, you know, of course he he got a lot of credit because Calvin Johnson can really catch pretty much anything that you threw up there. Like you always remember, was that in 2012, that magical year, or 2011? Uh, I want to say the 2011 season, where uh, Matthew Stafford just threw that ball up in the air into triple coverage against the uh, Dallas Cowboys, and that man came down with that ball in triple coverage and scored the game winning touchdown. And that that's a moment of glee that I haven't seen on a group of 40 year old, 40 to 60 year old black men since like, I don't know, I wasn't there for the for the 70s for the funk era, but I imagine them parting every single time like some uh some new tracks was coming out. But yeah, my love for the Lions is gonna be very, very weird because the Vikings are gonna get better this year. The Bears I don't think they're gonna be all that great. They still got Jay Cutler as a quarterback, who is like uh, he's OG Matthew Stafford, like he's what uh, Stafford was before we got him. And then uh, Green Bay is gonna be Green Bay. I feel like uh, Green Bay they'll be getting back Jordy Nelson, 
which we now realize how much Aaron Rodgers need Jordy Nelson and how much my uh, my fantasy team, because I had drafted Randall Cobb, who was the uh, who's the second receiver on the team, and I thought Randall Cobb was just going to be eaten this year because he was such a good, uh, like a tool player. You put him, they sometimes lined him up as a running back. They took, threw him in a slot or uh, far on the far uh, end of the field to uh, go run routes or go catch the ball. And I just thought, oh, Randall Cobb just going to be eaten this year. Nope. They, they just doubled him. And then after a while, they, re- they realized that all the attention was paid to uh, Jordy Nelson. They were just like, cool, we could just single coverage you or we could throw our uh, single best uh, cover man on you and it's over. And, yeah, that's what really happened, that they uh, they boxed up the Packers and that messed up my fantasy team a lot. And, yeah, prepare for, be prepared for that a lot, too. There's going to be a lot of fantasy team talk because, man, if there ain't one thing that drives uh, NFL more than that, probably these days that's the reason why i i'll watch a kansas city versus a tennessee titans game because probably because i have jamal charles just sitting as my running back and i gotta go watch him produce so them cashing in on that was actually very interesting and last year you had the uh draft kings and uh i forgot who the other one was that did that uh fantasy draft every week and you just uh pay that x amount of dollars y'all know it's about like week 12 that was kind of gone because they realized that that was kind of sort of gambling and that was kind of sort of illegal. Yeah. Um, speaking of which. Oh, so we do have a call coming in. Hello, caller. Uh, this is Fonz here on uh, Pass the Sticks. How you doing? Well, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, do you have any, uh, I guess, comments towards the question of the day? Well, I did have a comment. I was listening to your show, and uh, by the way, I like it. And Thank you. the comment about the sports players uh, being responsible—you know—I feel that part time they do shift the risk responsibility, but you know, they're people just like we are, and we're all puzzled about the whole the cops, the killings, everything like that. So. I do feel that they should be responsible, but I do, you know, I, I know it's hard for them to stand up and figure out where they belong. Right. Do you and feel like, uh, sorry, I just want to ask you the question. Do you feel like um, if they go into that area of raising uh, the social commentary, pretty much bringing it out there even more using their platform, do you feel like, um, I don't want these players to like just dip their toe in and then walk away. Do you feel like they should just go all in if they're going to do this? I, I do feel that they're in a, a position to be uh, a voice. I do feel that, and uh, they can do it. Uh, but I can't. I, you know, I'm not. I don't understand too, also like you why they're not stepping up more. Right, and um, like I said earlier, I sometimes feel like it could be a, a thing for the PR. You know, you don't want to upset like the shoe companies. Or uh, exactly. any of your other endorsements, and sometimes you gotta. Do you feel like they should just go ahead and say like, "Well, that's fine uh, that you're gonna take away my money or anything like that," but I have to, I have to say something. Exactly. Is that and it becomes just like the actor um, from the show. Um, I can't think, but you know, he spoke out at the award show and got so much uh, oh, backlash from it. Yes, yes, yes. So. Um, I do agree, though, but it's difficult. We're all human. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that one. Uh, uh, I said I can definitely see where you're coming from on that one, and uh, appreciate the call. Thank you. Uh, okay, I also want to say too, I'm looking forward to football season, just like you said. Uh, it's, it's summertime's ending, but I'm looking forward to football and the Lions, like you. All right, how do you feel about the uh, Lions for the upcoming season? If you're if you're a fan like the rest of us, you uh, you've experienced some heartbreak. So, what do you expect for this year? Well, I'm a friend. I'm a fan for sure, and a friend of the Lions, and um, I'm always gonna root for them. I, I I just have to keep my hopes high, and they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. I, I think Monster and got the team together, and they're gonna do it. You sound like uh, somebody's mother right now. I definitely appreciate that one. And uh, well, uh, well, I am, and, and we all are. <laughs> right? Yeah, you you sound like you you have faith in uh, the Lions, like you have faith in uh, so, like your own children, and uh, definitely appreciate that. Uh, well, yes, I do. All right, hey, go Lions! Yeah, go Lions! Thank you for calling. Super Bowl! Oh, 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 oh boy! <laughs> Yeah. All righty. Well, I just want to call and give my opinion. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love the show. Yep. Have a good one. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, Lions season. I mean, I'll do um, after I look at like the the roster and look at the season going forward for the Lions. I'll probably give a a closer assessment or a uh, more accurate, pretty much win loss. How I feel like the Lions are going to do. I actually called it perfectly last year. For them going uh, seven to nine, and I'm pretty sure that maybe they might be going around the same area. Um, so yeah, before we actually go on out, uh, before we close out on the show, I'm just going to talk about my, I guess my recent weekend gaming because I sometimes forget that this is also a uh, part gaming uh, podcast or a radio show, and I uh, attempt to bring both those fields together. And I will start by talking about my uh, experiences in NBA 2K. If we remember, maybe about a month or so ago, I want to say around the uh, NBA Finals, I had picked up NBA 2K16 on the PlayStation. And I did the whole story mode experience, all that. That was hilariously bad. And then I started playing online recently. And so I'm a I'm an online gamer. So, like, I'll play... I attempt to play Call of Duty online. I really scratch. Don't scratch with that uh, anymore. And then there's Overwatch. I play online. And the main one, y'all, you hear me and Wendell talk about a lot, is uh, Street Fighter V. But the things with these other online games that I just listed is that the uh, experience for them is pretty seamless. Like, uh, you may get, like, a little lag here and there, mainly because of your internet connection. Um, like, if you're out here using Wi-Fi to play video games online, you are hustling backwards. So uh, go ahead and get you that 50-foot Ethernet cable and go ahead and plug it up because you will experience a world of speed. Um, but the the main thing is that you may get like a like a frame rate lag saying that like maybe if you press this button, maybe like in 0.8 seconds, it'll react to you doing, it'll actually do what you pressed. The thing about NBA 2K, it feels like it's taking minutes when I'm pressing buttons when I'm playing online for it to... Uh, say what I'm doing or do what I'm trying to press the buttons. And so there's a moment when I'm playing against people online and like um, they put the like I'll do my try to do crossover move, try to get to the paint and man it takes forever for it to uh, actually do stuff. And I looked at my internet I was like nah this is running fine and and I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on. It, I ran multiple games now. It just seems like the 2K servers and the online experience for that game 
Man, this is bad. Like, I don't see how uh, a triple-A title like this that asking for this for asking for $60 while I'm paying an extra uh what ten dollars a month for some people on the Xbox Live and PlayStation? You pay the eighteen dollars or the uh, fifty dollars for the year for those uh, for the online experience. I don't see how you can pay this much and uh, not get mad. I don't see how uh, folks are playing two K and not get mad at this experience because this is just terrible. Like when I'm playing uh, Street Fighter, yes, there's the uh, the famous eight frames uh, of lag going on in that game. But man, that game runs like uh, runs like water compared to this. This. This is uh, not the greatest experience I've had in my life. But in the uh, and it's odd because I can't quit that game because when I lose online, I'll, I'll definitely go back and play again. Like, that's one thing I'm not afraid to do is just go back out there and play again. Even if I lose again, I'll play again. But I'll try to figure it out. But in the meantime, I'll be playing these games, playing that game. I've been, uh, I've been streaming here and there. My uh, attempt to get to 3,000... What was that? Player Points and Street Fighter V. Uh, basically, just pretty much, I'm trying to rank up. And I've been streaming that lately. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll be on twitch.tv slash the underscore fonds. Um, you can watch my struggles on that. I'm not the best player. Um, thankfully, Wendell is not here because I was going to ask him for help today. So, uh, unfortunately, you're not here, brother. So you ain't, you ain't about to get that, uh, that question on the air for me. So, uh, so uh, that game, I'm... Still struggling, still trying to learn only one character. Um, I've seldom thought of the uh, of switching, but I probably never will because I'm stubborn like that. Um, I've also been playing. I've beaten actually. Let's see that that'll be Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. I beat Super Mario Brothers three for the NES. And it's not just the fact that I beat the game because if, if everyone knows, you can. Uh, easily get those whistles or those warp whistles and go to the last level and play and beat it. Now I went the all eight worlds. You got to go through all of that and beat the game. And I even recorded some of that on my Snapchat and I even beat the game with the uh, frog suit on, which is a struggle in itself. But that is still a an amazing game to play even to like this day because the difficulty curve makes sense. They don't just, they ease you into the game becoming more difficult. They don't just go like, uh, you're playing like you're just jumping over a hole, and then the next thing you know, they're asking you to do 20 things. No, they'll 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 hold your hand for a little while, and then after that, they'll uh, they take off the training wheels and just let you go right down the street yourself. And let's see, after that, I've played. Let's see, I've been playing Tales of uh, Borderlands or the Telltale game of Borderlands. Pretty much, it's a uh, story type of uh, game. So, like, Borderlands is usually a action shooter game, and in the uh, Telltale version, they pretty much uh, slow, the, slow the game down, I want to say to a halt, because there's a lot of action going on, but they, it's very character-based, which, if you know, if you've heard me talk on the show many times, that's stuff that I love. I love uh, character building and interaction amongst other people. Um, yeah, they do that, and then it's more, yeah, the writing is stronger, so it's comedy, and there's all these other elements of the game. So now I'm into chapter two of the game. And I'm probably going to start streaming that tomorrow as well. If not for Street Fighter as well. Uh, let's see. Also, let's see. I know I've beaten like one or two other games in like the last month or so. Because like when it's hot, I'm not going outside. So 
yeah, those uh, 95, 96, 97 degree days, I was just in the house trying to stay cool because there ain't no AC in there. So I was really trying to stay cool and trying not to move too much. But um, if you guys also have any games that you guys uh, want me to try out and try to beat, because I will, I am stubborn and I will not accept the fact that people can uh, do something that I can't in the video games. So I always try my best and and, uh, um, and compete as well, I guess is a good way to put it. So if you guys have anything else that you guys would like me to play, you could easily just drop me, uh, I guess, a message or uh, you can leave it in the, actually in the reviews. We can go ahead and start wrap this up. Uh, you can actually re- leave uh, any of your questions or comments in the review for the show. Uh, you can review the show by going to either iTunes. Uh, I believe you can leave comments on SoundCloud and on Stitcher. And you can leave games you want me to play. I'll, I'll play a wide variety of games, or at least I'll try to. And, um, yeah, you can show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud at Pass the Sticks. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram at the fonts, the underscore fonts 313. I try to incorporate myself uh, using each of those platforms even more. Uh, you can catch me with my uh, good friends and uh, the people that I work with over at uh, Hashtag Loiter. We're an independent art uh, collective. We try to uh, help, I wouldn't say manage artists, we just try to help uh, get like some of these artists out there. So if you're a, you know, painter, illustrator, uh, we've even worked with some writers, some uh, filmmakers, musicians, uh, shout out to Nolan Ninja. We, uh, that album yours, whoo, that's good. Uh, and shout out to Britain. Like you keep on releasing music, brother, cause I keep on listening and it's dope. Yeah. So we try to give everybody a chance and, uh, definitely check us out next week at Chari Vari over in, uh, Bell Isle next week. We'll be having a booth and, I think we'll be having like three spots over there. We'll be we'll be trying to uh, be out there and just try to be in the, into the community. So we'll be giving out like cards and stuff, and just uh, you can meet us over there as well. Um, I'm pretty sure by next week I'll have uh, more directions or like a map as to where we'll be at. But uh, you can catch us next week over at uh, Past Sticks at Also Radio. Unfortunately, my audio was lost for. Our Killing Joke review, we actually caught that on Monday in the theater. The audio was lost, unfortunately. Uh, thank you, Audacity. I don't know why the heck I got the pinwheel of death, but it happens. So I'm going to re- go re- re-record that with some friends, and hopefully I can get even more emotions out of them because we felt some type of way about that movie there. So, yeah, definitely give us a, give us a listen on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. We'll be uh, trying to update some more stuff because we have to do the uh, preview show for... Suicide Squad that comes out next week and they will be posting a review for Suicide Squad as well if I can't I'll also get a uh, uh, a screener pass to go see that sometime earlier this week so yeah uh, that'll do for uh, I guess that'll be just for me and uh, for the producer over here low on the boards thank you man and that'll do it for us on Pass the Sticks we'll uh, see you guys next week peace